Boy, when you think... Uh, welcome back, by the way. 914. JR, Simmer, and Hammer with you. you. Think about how many great female athletes that Canada pours out. I mean, uh, TSN just put out a picture, which I retweeted this morning, mm-hmm. uh, which has uh, eight athletes... Um, Marie-Philippe Poulin, Bianca Andreescu, Christine Sinclair, Penny Alexiak, uh, Kia Nurse, Chantel Petteclair, uh, Brooke Henderson, and Clara Hughes. The fact that we're at a stage now where I can look at the, and there's no names of the pictures, uh-huh. and I'm not patting myself on the back, I'm just saying the, these women are, first of all, have accomplished great things, but the fact you can look at the pictures and know who they are, um, we're not where we need to be, but Canada certainly seems to be at the forefront one of the, you know, I would say top five progressive countries in the world in terms of their acceptance and not just their acceptance, uh, but their promotion of women's sports yeah. and, and female athletes. Yeah, I think we've been very fortunate to be close to the United States, Chair. That's a huge push. The NCAA has done incredible work over the years. And one of the things is the shift mentality that, yeah, we don't think twice about a woman or a girl playing ice hockey. And you can't say that in a lot of other countries. Even to make soccer, that was deemed to be a male sport for a long time, incredibly cool. Um, that, to me, along with the United States and Canada, are right at the forefront and have made huge differences around the world. Happy International Women's Day to all the uh, uh, listeners that we have. And, uh, yeah, there we go. All right, congratulations to uh, Andre Lallier, lucky caller number 13. Andre's on his way to see Kiss. He's got to beat the box office. Uh, tickets to the show. And again, tickets go on sale through Ticketmaster.ca uh, on Friday morning at 10 o'clock. We'll have another pair tomorrow and a final pair on Friday for you. Uh, and also, congratulations to Cam Moores. Cam, we drew your name from everybody that got a code word into us yesterday. Cam doesn't get applause. Delayed reaction. Sorry, Cam. Uh, you scored yourself. A Thomas Shabbat Pro Adidas uh, uh, jersey. As the winner of our TSN 1200 great jersey giveaway. We're uh, doing a Thomas Shabbat jersey every single day this week. Cam, you're our latest winner. We'll be in touch in the next couple of days with all the info. Uh, Again, we give you six code words every day. One is already down. Five more to come, including one this hour to get you into the grand prize draw. We hold every single weekday. Thomas Shabbat jerseys. uh, We've already done a week of uh, Kachuk, a week Mm -hmm. of Stutzla. This is a week of Shabbat. Mm -hmm. Next week, it's... Uh, Claude Gyrox, Claude Giroux. Week after that, Jake Sanderson. I still don't love 85, but hey, it's his choice. Uh, and then Zub, despite Simmer dropping his love for a Zub and thinking that should be Chikrin, Artem Zub will wrap yeah. it up in the uh, sixth and final week. Yeah, and funny, had me. we had a conversation last week about jerseys in the building. So I was doing the game Saturday, just surveying around. And as far as the here and now, uh, I wouldn't say surprising, but you don't see as many Shabbats. It tends to be a ton of Stutzel and Kachuk. And then, as you said, there are still quite a few old-school Alfie and Carlson jerseys. That's kind of the dominant, as I was just scanning below the uh, TSM booth on Saturday night. Is the guy that wears the Darcy Lowen jersey, is he still around? I have not seen him. No, no, I haven't seen that. That is certainly old-school, if you're willing to go with that. Yeah. Like anybody that goes off the page with it. Speaking of which, I uh, uh, back in the day when the Sens were first starting to become contenders again, they used to have... Uh, well, a couple of years in which they would make hats and it became kind of the slogan for the players. Uh, one of them was eyes on the prize. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the other was just four dash 16. Hammer, you remember that one? Remember the four dash 16? 
4-16. I was cleaning out my closet. Last night, I saw a hat up in an area in which I don't normally, and I'm, I'm, I'm big into ball caps. Saw a hat that I hadn't, uh, you know, I hadn't looked under in a long time, yeah. which sat on a couple of other hats. And I said, mm. ah, wonder what's under there. Mm. And I lifted it up, and there was a 416 hat, oh. quite beat up. Is that from the Bible? Uh, and, uh, no, it was four four wins times four series for 16 oh, wins for the Stanley Cup. Nice. I remember the eyes and the prize. I think, was that a Yorkie idea? I believe it was. I've still got that one, too, nice. somewhere. I've got to re- I found that, and then I think I've misplaced it again. Uh, but I found show, my four uh, sixteen. You got to show super fan. Now, what is the what is one that's going around right now? Who wants it? Is that yes. kind of the slogan? Well, saying? that's that was uh, Kachuk, of course, to the Wings bench a week ago. So I think oh, people have sort of okay. uh, who okay. wants yeah, it, who okay. effing wants oh, okay. it. Okay. Uh, so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little slow. or we want the playoffs would be the other one from Saturday night, right? Yeah. We was it we want the playoffs or just no, we want playoffs? We want playoffs. We want playoffs. It's perfect. You I put it out there on yeah. Monday. Like yeah. that is begging for the Rob Raystrix of the world at Source for Sports. Yeah. To just start pumping those T-shirts out there because I think there's a business opportunity. That is a good right idea. There. He's been selling them in Chicago, though. That's what. They... <laughs> like, you got a week's lead time. Sens don't play again at home until next Thursday yeah. against Colorado. If this road trip doesn't completely unravel. Not that it was a great start on Monday, nope. but doesn't completely unravel where they're back a week from today and we no longer want the playoffs has mm-hmm. become the slogan. Yeah. Uh, you might be able to uh, to uh, sell off a few T-shirts coming up. Yeah, not a bad Either idea that or who wants it. I think who wants it might be. Yeah. That might who be. wants it on the front yeah. and then on the back? We want playoffs. Who F- Can you go with two? Effin? Effin on the back. Can you go with two slogans? Though? But I, I think on the front one, you're going hashtag, right? Because you want to roll that all together, right? Hashtag who wants it, and then you could just say, yeah, maybe you could just have a big f bomb in the back, right? See, I, I have a feeling that the Sens will probably go with you know we want playoffs. Mm-hmm. They, they probably don't want to go with who Evan wants it. I'm just thinking. No, you don't, you're, no, no, you're probably so that right. one could be the fans push their slogan. That could be the fans. It's slogan. actually a good point because think about Ryan Reynolds. The movies don't have any swearing in them, like Deadpool. <laughs> So you you want to really steer clear well, of that? Well, he's not there yet. I know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's right up Deadpool's alley. He'd, he'd oh. be all about it. He wouldn't even be an F on there. It'd be the full. Spelling. Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Our TSN 1200 Tool and Equipment Store web poll question: In the wake of the latest injury suffered by a Sens uh, player slash prospect, in this case, uh, Tyler Boucher. If you haven't heard the news, unfortunately. Uh, has re-aggravated the shoulder injury he got at the World Juniors uh, at the 67s game in Kingston on Friday. And the news from Dave Cameron uh, from the uh, folks at Ladois uh, appears to be that uh, his season is over and uh, his junior hockey career, therefore, is likely over uh, as well. Um, pending a final uh, look from the Sens doctors, probable shoulder surgery for Tyler Boucher uh, out three to four months and uh, obviously will not be uh, seeing the ice again until training camp. Uh, next year, and that follows in very short order injuries to Colin White, Shane Pinto, and this season Josh Norris as well. It's is it a weird quinkadink uh, coincidence that this is all <laughs> happening to uh, young forwards, uh, American-born forwards uh, with the Sens? Cole Caulfield, we can add to the list. You mentioned Jack Hughes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it all just a coincidence, or uh, is it something else? That's our question for you today. Four options. Why do you think so many young NHL players have shoulder injuries? Option A, one sport athletes. Option B, too many games. Option C, overtraining. Option D, entering NHL too early. So uh, uh, simmer. 
Yeah, One sport all, athletes, too yeah. many games, overtraining, entering NHL too early. Yeah, I could probably go with all of the above, but I'll, I'll go with the uh, too many games. Uh, I do feel like, and it becomes a wear and tear, and uh, there's no doubt the upper body is treated a little bit differently. So I'll go with that. But like I said, I could make a, a, a serious debate for all, including, you know, for the top choices. And you looked at a guy like Hughes. To me, it was only a matter of time. Uh, like R&H, like a lot of players, like mm. physically. He was, just, he was just a boy when he entered the league. And well, who was a player a couple of years ago, remember, picked up Kakanyemi and basically <laughs> flipped him over and threw him on his head. And people were getting all upset. And I was like, hey, that, that's just quite simply a man playing against a boy. There's nothing you could end up doing right there. Hammer. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm glad we don't have all of the above because that, would, I think, would win out mm-hmm. strongly here. Strong I, opinions. I'm kind of leaning towards... One sport athletes, right? If if you dive into a bunch of different things, then you're working all body parts and you're strengthening your entire body. When you're focusing just on one sport in one area, maybe the the grind, the pounding, it just starts to wear and tear. Here, if you're doing multiple sports, hey, you're you're, you're working different muscles, and and then maybe it's just less grind on some of those joints. Rather than rather than in hockey, maybe you're just pounding it too hard. Uh, I will. Uh, so uh, you guys have two different answers. I will uh, say a third different answer, and I will say entering NHL too early. I mean, the question itself, uh, you know, basically states that, right? We're talking about young players. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. so yeah. Uh, I think you've got uh, young, still developing bodies. Uh, and I, I think the training methods have changed. You see any, I mean, I mean, they, uh, who did Dave Poulin, and what was his example of uh, of who he was talking about uh, that was just really... He walked by Reichel the other yeah, day. Right? Right. Yeah, L- Lucas yeah. Reichel, right, who's a Stutzler's friend from uh, from Germany. I, I ran into or walked by Jack Quinn last summer, and as as I as I passed him, the guy I was with said, because uh, I'd not met Jack personally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we walked past him and goes, I think that was Jack Quinn we just passed. And I go, I literally looked like yeah. two 15-year-olds. Yeah. No, I, yeah, and, and part of it is a visual, but I, I remember back to Edmonton, all the drafting, but guy like R&H, and, and those tight shirts don't do uh, you know any favors for a guy that's young and very slight, but the athlete has really changed. It's all lower half. It's all core, and not that you don't work it and make it stronger, JR, but certainly it's not the bulk that you used to have to guys. And I guess from a standpoint of I, each of the four sports, would they all have different types of in, Like, am I right in saying that the NFL feels like the knee injury is the biggest one? Mm. Hockey has now become shoulder. Head injuries as well. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. And what baseball is quite simply across the board, different things. And then More the, pitchers' uh, arms, I pitchers, think. Eh? I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like uh, baseball exactly. uh, position players don't tend to have... Basketball um, feels like anything in the lower half. Uh, yeah. A lot more Knees, ankle injuries. Oh, yeah. You got massive Knees. guys, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah but I would baseball's say baseball's arms, football and hockey in particular, as contact sports. Yeah, with, oh, for with, sure. Uh, and, and don't forget, football players, you're going through three years of college. Yeah. Uh, as well, a lot of guys aren't coming into the NFL until they're 22 or 23 years old. We're talking about, uh, you know, especially the elite NHL players are coming in at 18 and 19, yeah. and certainly by the time you reach now 20, uh, or I mean. It's old now if you're if you're a, uh, you know an elite prospect mm-hmm. to be entering the NHL at 21, yeah. right? So again, that th- those two or three years can make all of the difference. Think of how much physical development oh, yeah. even a yeah. normal person does, let alone an elite athlete does in those in, in those extra two or three. Yeah, years. and and it feels like the majority of these injuries guys no longer come from the mega hit or anything else. It really is something down low. Whether you're trying to turn at the last second and the arm gets caught or just trying to rotate off of people down low and battles and leverage and everything else. 
just puts you in some really awkward spots for uh, especially the upper body. I'll also I'll also throw throw this out. Uh, kind of going down, my thought of is this just coincidence? Is this just um, uh, the flying tires story of the moment? Um, there there was a time, not to make light of it, but there was a time. I remember there was a time that was like ten years ago, and uh, it was a lot in Toronto where tires were coming off of trucks or whatever mm-hmm. and flying. And unfortunately, like, you know, the way there were some terrible accidents and it yeah. seemed like it was just happening all the time. Yeah. But what was happening was it probably happens. Uh, and then there's like a couple of incidents and they're, and they're ugly. And then all of a sudden, every single time it happens, it gets reported. It becomes the story of the moment yeah. and yeah. sort of takes on a life of its own. Um, and, and where it's probably always been happening. And I wonder if that's just the case here where, you know, young players have been having yeah. shoulder injuries forever. And yeah. maybe because it's here in Ottawa, it's four players yeah. that have had injuries in the last 18 months where it's lying like, oh, it must be everywhere. Oh, and yeah. maybe it's more so. Yeah. I mean, we, we came up with Caulfield and Hughes off the oh, top of our head as two other examples. But maybe it's just coincidence it's happening here in Ottawa. And maybe it's uh, indeed it's no bigger now than it has been for the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. Well, longer than that. I mean, to the 80s, JR, everybody had a shoulder injury. Everyone had that big scar on their shoulder and. Uh, it was also then, you know, now your ability to come back 100% where uh, that wasn't the case. You know, you're going to kind of have to play with that the rest of your career, manage it. And also anytime you do have these types of injuries throughout the sport itself, hey, all the strength coaches and everybody else are trying to figure out ways to make it better. Um, but yeah, you'd have to really go through and do a deep dive into every single injury that you have in the National Hockey League. But that's what they do. They certainly, you know, track the data. And I think the Montreal Canadiens, it's only via the media. Um, but even the questions about, and I think the Blue Jays were this a couple of years ago of when you see where you have so many injuries as an organization, is there something you're not doing right? You know, is it, is it, you know, uh, from a training standpoint, is it the handling of it? Uh, any organization I think ends up having to analyze that. Uh, anyway, we will uh, uh, hear from potentially, well, I don't know if we're going to hear anything officially uh, from the Sens. I'm sure they'll put out a release at some point. Uh, Dave Cameron did point out that um, it is in the hands of the Sens now as a Sens yeah. prospect. Their doctors will make the final determination on a course of action for Tyler Boucher. But uh, Dave Cameron uh, indicated that uh, uh, in all likelihood uh, it was going to be surgery and that would uh, end Tyler Boucher's season, which we're talking about it from a Sens prospect perspective. But, um, you know, and... Again, his health is the most important thing uh, going forward. But did incredibly disappointed for the uh, disappointing for the sixty sevens who have a championship level squad uh, this year, and that uh, yeah. that will be he's missed a bunch of games already. So yeah. it's not like they're not used to playing without yeah. him. But it's still going to uh, it puts a hole in a lineup for uh, for a team that has championship aspirations. Yeah, just kind of excited to see him play too. You know, it is unfortunate, and I, I think some of the pressure now, and I guess the focus is on the team, but. It feels like social media-wise, people have left him alone, right? The story's kind of already been debated. And to watch in the two games against Gatineau, I just thought, man, Tyler Boucher would have been great in that. And we know for a long playoff, and we know last time they made the finals, the difference was the size of Guelph versus what Ottawa presented. So, yeah, too bad for everybody around, and uh, they'll find a way to work through it. But, uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's been a, a rough patch for a young man here who's only 20 years old the last four years with COVID and injuries and everything else and again by all accounts takes very good care of himself and is in the gym all the time all right uh sends by the way are back on the practice ice this afternoon at two o'clock and again next game is against the uh, red hot again seattle kraken who won their fifth game in a row uh last night i got some uh we can go through it more tomorrow as a lead up to the game but um seattle has an incredible they've got want to look at it so last night they won five to two mm-hmm. had five different guys hit the score sheet They've got 13 different players 
that have 10 or more goals this season. 13. That's, you know, that Jared McCann's had this incredible year this year. He's got over 30, and he's got an incredibly high and unsustainable shooting percentage. It may last the rest of this year, but if you're looking for a candidate for goal regression next year, put all of your money on Jared McCann because uh, he's at, tw- I think he's at 23 or 24% shooting percentage. That that just, that that's not sustainable long-term. Anyway, all that to say, uh, they've got 13 guys with 10 or more goals. Like, they really spread out the scoring. Uh, Ottawa's got, uh, I believe it's six. Six. And it's concentrated on the star players, and for the most part, they've had success putting the puck in the net. But Seattle, it's a death by a million cuts when yeah. it comes to their goal scorers. Well, it also is really impressive when they came through, and I was trying to pull it up now. I couldn't find it, JR. When they rolled through Ottawa, it was astonishing. They were leading the National Hockey League on five-on-five scoring. And I understand the shooting percentage, but I also, in watching the play at that time, I think they had the worst penalty kill in the NHL. I thought it's still not much better. Okay. Although they're on, okay. they're on a good. They're okay. I think twenty three of their last twenty four. Yeah, you're but bringing I, up these stats, and I just read them last night, so oh, it's like okay. coming off the okay. top of my okay. head, and and okay. and I'm going, yeah. man, I sound really smart. Right no, now. exactly, uh, as always. Uh, <laughs> but, just ask me. But <laughs> that should be a T-shirt for you. <laughs> just ask. <laughs> but me. but the five on five scoring, and and when they were in here, I, I understand all the other underlying stuff, but. That game just plays properly, and I guess that's what leads me to believe, like they just they schooled Ottawa from that standpoint, and that's where the difference of Ottawa's game Monday to making sure you clean it up because you don't want to be facing that Seattle team right now. Uh, that game here in Ottawa, they they just they pounced on every turnover. They were so structured against Ottawa, and at that point, I think Ottawa was really struggling. All right, good stuff. All right, nine thirty-two. We'll take a break. Uh, still to come. Code word. Our latest in our Great Sense Jersey giveaway contest is coming up uh, before 10 as we roll on here for our Wednesday morning. You're listening to Sports Radio TSN 1200. This is TSN 1200. All right, welcome back. 9.38 on this Wednesday. J.R. Simmer and Hammer with you until 10 o'clock. That's when Steve Lloyd, Graham Creech, Kenny Walls take over uh, in the box. Lee, A.J., Matty Vowles this afternoon at 2 and uh, Eric McRamel, of course. Wednesday means offside for you tonight at 6 o'clock here on TSN 1200. We are uh, less than a month away from one of the big sports events we got coming to Ottawa uh, this year in 2023. That would be the World Men's Curling Championship coming to TD Place Arena April 1st. Uh, to the ninth, and the rink that will represent Canada is being decided as we speak down in London, Ontario, at the Budweiser Gardens. The Briar Canadian Men's Curling Championship is underway. We're into a uh, day six, and that's where we're going to go uh, right now and uh, talk to uh, Andy Henry, is the marketing director for Curling Canada, and joins us this morning on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline, up bright and early on this Wednesday morning. How are you doing this morning, Andy? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Excellent. Now, um, I got to think morning draw. Uh, you get three draws per day at any major curling bond spiel. That one's the uh, that one is for the really hardcore fan, correct? You got it. Yeah, we've uh, we've got our thousand or so full event <laughs> ticket packages uh, here, and they're uh, they're all here, uh, kind of uh, you know making their noise this morning. We actually have about. Uh, 1500 uh, school children joining them here in the next half hour or so so she's gonna get really loud nice <laughs> nice awesome uh tell us about how it's been going uh so far i, I you know i i do the scores uh every morning and it's the very familiar uh names to a lot of curling fans and even non-fans that are not surprisingly at the top of the leaderboard so far 
Yeah, without question, uh, you know, it's very clear in the building here that uh, uh, Team Gushu and Team Canada is the fan favorite uh, still and ongoing, uh, but there's uh, obviously some top teams here that are uh, serious contenders, have some great records. You know, Kevin Cooey's on a roll. Matt Dunstan out of Manitoba is also on a roll. And uh, Brendan Botcher's on the ice this morning, uh, already up 3 nothing over UConn. So they're going to be uh, right there at the end as well. So uh, some great teams. Great representative once we have our Team Canada this Sunday night. How nice is it just to be back to normal as far as crowds and protocols and everything else? Oh, you know what? It's amazing. It's uh, There's such a buzz in here. This past weekend was uh, was so fun. Um, you know, we're gearing up to, uh, you know, a nearly full house here uh, in an 8,000-seat venue in London. Um, and uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's just so great to be back. I was reading a, a piece on Brad Gushu himself. I, I'm not sure how much that you, you know, day to day you're talking to the curlers, uh, if at all. He's been talking about, you know, he's dealing with, um, you know, dealing with some some lower body uh, uh, issues that uh, he thinks at 42 years old, he's thrown about a million stones over the years that that starts to catch up with you. Do you find that in talking to the curlers that, you know, as it has become a real sort of a young man's game now and young woman's game? Well, I mean, it's a grind. These guys, uh, you know, have a really long season. Uh, some of them play a lot. Uh, they're on the road all the time. And, uh, you know, as Brad says, they're uh, they're throwing lots of rocks. So, um, yeah, I mean, these guys are in the gym all the time. Um, you know, tremendously fit athletes. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just have to be to uh, to compete these days. And so, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's great. It's great for the sport. Is that also part of it with the training, with the intensity that everyone's just being driven a little bit harder? I think absolutely. Yep. Um, 100%. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, uh, representing Canada is a, is a special thing. Um, so while they're playing, uh, you know, a lot of tour events all year, they've got really a full schedule. Uh, you know, the Briar is really the big one that they want to win and, uh, and then represent team Canada and then represent team Canada this year in Ottawa. What's the caliber of the patch been in London? Oh, we had a couple of great. We had a couple of great days over the weekend, um, for sure. And uh, she's maybe been a little bit quiet here on Monday and Tuesday, but boy, we're ramping up for a great uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, over at the convention center here in London. All right. Well, when the World Men's comes to Ottawa next month, I've been trying to sell my friend Simmer here on uh, the importance of, uh, you know, as part of the experience of going to the event itself. Yeah, it's for the curling and the world title, mm-hmm. but it's also about the patch. So. Kind of what are the plans, uh, if you've pulled them all together for Auto in terms of the patch? Will we see some live music? Like, what, what is the plan? Yeah, I mean, I don't have the entertainment lineup right in front of me here, so you've maybe put me on the spot for that <laughs> standpoint. But, um, yeah, definitely live music. Um, we've got, uh, you know, the opening, uh, kind of the opening weekend is, uh, is going to be fantastic. The attendance looks great, so uh, the patch is going to be packed on the opening weekend. Um, it's also an opportunity to kind of meet some of the teams, uh, through the week, uh, get some autographs, that sort of thing. And then, uh, the entertainment really ramps up when it'll be a full house, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of the final weekend. Uh, we got pure country, uh, pure country night on, uh, on Thursday night. Uh, and then a couple of big nights planned kind of to round out the week. So, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you like a great entertainment venue, you like, uh, uh, you love live music. This is the place to be for sure. All right, sounds good. Uh, how much do the um, do the champion now? You know, it's is it ten or twelve rinks that will be here for the World Championships, or even more? Uh, now we, that I think about I it. Think it, I believe it's thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, yeah. How much do how much do um, the representatives of the other countries enjoy coming to this event? 
particularly in uh, Canada where curling is such a big spectator sport? Oh, they absolutely do. Uh, the teams themselves love it. I actually just uh, worked up in a, a group order for Team USA of a couple of dozen that are uh, coming with the team specifically, let alone uh, kind of other followers of the team. Um, so they just love it. Um, they know that, uh, you know, if they want to play in front of, uh, you know, the best curling fans in the world, the best kind of uh, in-venue experience, Canada's where it's at. And, uh, and in Ottawa, I mean, there's no better place than TD Place, uh, is a great venue for curling. Uh, we had a tremendous briar there just a few years ago in, uh, in 2016. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the other countries just love, love, love playing in Canada. All right, good stuff. So the event is April 1st to 9th at uh, TD Place Arena. Tickets have been going fast. Uh, curling.ca slash tickets. Any kind of further information for people that, uh, that you want to share with people right now thinking about uh, getting uh, involved in buying tickets? Yeah, things are moving very quickly, especially for the Canada Games. The one thing that I would maybe like to plug is that uh, youth uh, under the age of 18 are free with a paying adult. Um, now, all we need you to do is head down to the TD Place box office to purchase those in, in person, but they'll be available for walk-up as well. But we're really pushing that youth offer, and uh, we'd love to see a lot of young faces in the venue like we have here in London. All right, uh, good stuff. Uh, again, curling.ca slash tickets uh, and uh, curling.ca for all the information on the World Men's uh, coming to town uh, April 1st to 9th at TD Place Arena. Uh, Andy Henry is the marketing director for Curling Canada. Appreciate it, Andy. Enjoy the rest of the briar. And uh, don't burn yourself, as my wife would say, don't burn yourself out on the first night at the patch. Save something for Ottawa, okay? (laughs) All right. You got it. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. All right. There he goes. Andy Henry on the Gabriel Pizza hotline. Gabriel Pizza, the official pizza of the Ottawa Senators. So two things, Simmer, we got on our agenda ahead. We got to get over... To the new rink in Gatineau, we yeah. still haven't done that. The Centre Slush Puppy. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And we got to get to the, got to get you to the patch at the okay. World Men's. Yeah, I, okay. I, 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 gotta, I need a commitment. Yeah, I, I got you know. Yeah, what? You listen, need a commitment. You haven't this, been to an Eagles la- game at all. There's this, a lot of things you got left to do. Hammer, off. hammer. Simmer. This this last time around, <laughs> he chatted up this patch thing for a year. <laughs> no, I was single at the time, so I found my best duds. I rolled over there. Well, you were hoping it was a pickup <laughs> oh joint? It, well, I, I hoped it was people under 80. <laughs> <laughs> you hit it on a bad day. You no, got to know the crowd. I get, I get, <laughs> I guess. But now, also, it's kind of interesting to see the beer sales in London. Uh, 50% of that has just been the Hunter family. So. <laughs> if you're going to put on a beer garden, if you've ever been to a London Knights game, oh, yeah. they do this every night when it comes to the Hunters and London Knights. Fans and listen, I can say this yeah. because I grew up just outside of London. All right. So I'm allowed to take shots at my former, I won't yeah. call it exactly my hometown, but that's the closest big city that I grew up in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. London is a more boring Ottawa. So if London is lighting up the patch, okay, we got to be able to top that. Oh, I, I, okay? but I, I'll be honest with you now, Jared. Like, I, I, and and London, London is in the. You got to go with cities like Regina. Like Ottawa right now is basically booming, like London, England, or New York City in comparison to London, Ontario. We had Lee's rookie camp there years ago. I got to tell you, Matt, that is a, it's a whole. That is a quiet place. <laughs> yes, there is nothing going on there. They are okay. struggling around yeah. the rink. Yeah. yeah, it is. Dirty. We we the hotel we stayed at. There's this I had little mall across. It just yeah, I was a little surprised to be honest with right you. Right around the tracks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. There you go. Curling.ca slash tickets, and uh, we'll be actually. Steve Lloyd's probably listening right now, uh, going, "Oh, I'm broadcasting live. Yes, uh, in the box, <laughs> broadcasting live all week." From Is, the world now, last time we had this, uh, Lee was there. Yes, and he found the fella. For, is it from Newfoundland? 
that goes to all the tournaments, Jer. He's an older fella that's been around forever. Oh, I'm sure there's more than one. Oh, okay. But oh, yeah. I, I think this guy I was somewhat of a character that had traveled to all of them. I don't think he was costume guy, because that guy kind of freaks me out. The one that kind of walks around as Frosty the Snowman. Uh, you may have seen him at some events here in Ottawa. Um, a bit on the creepy side. But anyways, there's some super fan that uh, Lee ended up having on the radio that was very cool. What's uh, interesting for those um, that maybe aren't uh, that familiar with, uh, well, they know what curling is, but how this has become a sport in which, um, you know, a lot of folks from other sports are kind of gravitating. Do you remember Jared Allen? You remember the name Jared Allen? He was a, a pass rusher with the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. He had some really, really big sack years, like 20, okay. 20 okay. sacks. Okay. He, after he retired has become a curler oh, wow. to the point where he, I believe, got to the U.S. Okay. National Championships at one point. I don't know the state of his curling right now. Okay. Uh, but we got Min- f- Minnesota's a curling hub when it oh, comes abs- to the United absolutely. States, right? He I has think. to be the lead, right? Yeah, Jared Allen, you're looking for him. You want him sweeping most ends. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a big man for sure. Yeah, he he's might go right. the first couple of rocks. Might throw Ray go right through the ice with the old broom there. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> uh, indeed. All right, look forward to it. All right, let's take a break. Final break. Uh, and uh, we'll come back and uh, put a wrap on the uh, show. Wanna, uh, speaking of the NFL, I want to briefly touch on all the news because there is a bunch of quarter. It all is, with the NFL, it's really all about the quarterbacks and where are they all going to land. So an update on uh, Lamar Jackson, on Aaron Rodgers, and on Daniel Jones uh, from uh, yesterday. So we'll do that before we uh, put a wrap on it and send it over to the boys from In the Box. Coming up on Sports Radio, TSN 1200. This is TSN 1200. So yesterday, 4 o'clock, was the deadline for NFL teams to put uh, the franchise tag on uh, pending free agents. So this uh, essentially enables them to keep one. You can only do uh, one player per team per year. Allows you to keep a, if you want to, a star player. But you do have to keep him at the average of the top five players at his position. Uh, but it does allow you to keep, uh, and, and if you put a franchise tag on a player, you can do it again the following year, but the number goes way up okay. um, uh, from what you're paying them the previous year. And then I think you can only do it a third time, and then you're paying them astronomical money. And anyway. also the exclusive and non-exclusive yes. are a huge difference as well. Exactly. Right? So that's what happened with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So if the if they put if Baltimore put the exclusive tag on him uh, yesterday, he would have made, I believe, $45 million or something for one year. But they instead put the non-exclusive tag on uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, which pays him $32 million, so a lot less money. But mm-hmm. it enables him to continue to talk to other teams uh, in regards to a contract. But what happens is the Ravens do have the right to match. So if he comes to a deal with, let's say, Atlanta, uh, the Ravens would have a right to match that offer and keep him, or they could use that then as an impetus mm-hmm to sign him and trade him to Atlanta for a package. They could not match it, and I think they get only two first-round draft picks. Yeah, it is two first-round picks. Which is, for a guy like Lamar Jackson, would not seem like um, uh, nearly the compensation you would uh, expect to get. So there's still a bunch of avenues you can go down. The thing with Lamar Jackson, what's unique about him is he is, first of all, he's representing himself, uh, which is uh, fairly rare, but he's also looking for a fully guaranteed contract, uh, like Deshaun Watson got with, uh, with Cleveland. Here is ESPN's Ryan Clark asserting that um, NFL owners, in his uh, mind, are colluding against Lamar Jackson. 
We know the combine is less about those dudes on the field and more about the conversations going on between between traders and between free agents and having those conversations. And if you don't think that collusion is a part of this league and the league understands that we don't want to continue giving these guaranteed deals out, then you're absolutely out of your mind. And so for Lamar Jackson to hit the open market like this, I believe the Baltimore Ravens think that there is a strong possibility he will not get that fully guaranteed contract. It almost feels like a, yeah, go ahead, go out on them streets and see how hot those streets aren't for you, Lamar Jackson, and then come running back to us. Yeah, although you're going to have an unhappy player, right? If, well, that, if that is yeah, your thinking, yeah, if you're Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you've been outmaneuvered when you don't know what you're doing. I, I just yeah. is beyond foolish here not to have an agent. Hire, hire an agent, yeah, yeah for sure. I, I agree I mean, with that. my gosh, you get out and solicit yourself, and yeah, this is just tough. And, and collusion, yeah, I mean, like we know as well, there's really hard things to prove, but I guess at the end of the day, and, and Atlanta, at least the sources are already saying they're out, Um. So the only way this is going to work, I guess, for Lamar Jackson is somebody gives him not only a huge contract, Jr., but gives him guaranteed money, right? Then yeah. that would force oh, yeah. the Ravens' Well, guarantee hand. is always going yeah. to be a part but of that it. That would it's force the, the fully Ravens. guaranteed yeah. part. Now, that would be the only backfire because I'm assuming that if the Ravens only get two first-round picks for him, but is anybody going to do that? And then it just feels like this situation, I think the next card he has to play is probably just start sitting out and mm-hmm. then having them lose football games, right? So And yeah. Le'Veon Bell is the last player who was franchise tagged and sat out the entire year uh, with uh, Pittsburgh back in the day. And then remember, eventually he signed with the Jets, but his, man, his career just went right off, well, right off the deep, you know, but typical running back, right? When you, when you lose it, you lose it fast. Well, that, that's not what the I, same with quarterbacks. No, and that, and you know, Deshaun Watson was different, right? Because he missed two full years, did he, JR? Yeah. Pretty close. Um, in the case of that, if you're Lamar Jackson, yeah. What if you did sit out a year? Now, where are you back? Now, that also we learned with Bell. Like, it just, you basically go back to the same scenario a year from now. If you sit out, do you not? Yeah, you, you can be tagged again. Yeah. So. No, but not even just tagged again, but the 32.5, I think, is re- like the whole Bell thing was remember, he had to show up at what, week 12 or 13? Yes. And he didn't. So, yeah, this is really interesting to see. And, and again, I know, especially when it becomes personal, the reason you have an agent, and if he's a good agent, is you try to talk people down, right? And right now, this is so incredible personal. And when you see Daniel Jones getting $160 million, JR, yeah, it does become pretty personal. Now, I know only 82 of it's guaranteed, but still, like when you're Lamar Jackson, you've been an MVP, you feel like you've been disrespected at every turn. Uh, it'll be, it's hard to believe that they can work this thing back, but man, I hope he grabs an agent. And they also commented this morning, so true, you know, this is back to, I think, Dowdy in, in L.A., agents were thrilled when he did his own contract because it was such a terrible deal. It was almost like, okay. There's no protection on the back end. Exactly. And and in the case of Lamar Jackson, the agents are hoping he doesn't get a good deal because it'll just stay. And and I don't, I just don't really understand. Like if you're at the end of your career, like Chris Phillips was here in Ottawa and and you can just sit down with Brian Murray, like it's nothing crazy to work out. Okay, cool. And Chris is a long ways into his career and did a nice contract. But for the majority of players, like I just don't really understand why, why you would be attempting to do something like this even if you're saving yourself some cash. So uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be something uh, to keep your eye on over. And and by the way, he can't negotiate a contract with another team until after the new league year starts, which is next Wednesday at four o'clock because teams have to be under the cap as of then. So you'll see a lot of players get released. Uh, a lot of star players in some cases uh, between now and next Wednesday, but Lamar Jackson can't talk to other teams until uh, after next uh, next Wednesday. The other uh, big quarterback uh, news that's out there is involving uh, Aaron Rodgers. 
So apparently owner, GM, I'm guessing head coach, uh, pretty much every big wheel with the New York Jets flew it to California yesterday to talk to Aaron Rodgers uh, with Derek Carr going to the Saints. The options for the Jets, as far as quarterback are concerned, are Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy G. Uh, it's a there's that let's there's more demand than supply. Oh, yeah. We'll put it uh, that way in terms of quarterbacks. Uh, Has it ever been this bad? Because the Pan- the Panthers need a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders uh, need a quarterback. You do have some quarterbacks at the top of the draft, hmm. but you know the uh, a team like Houston Texans aren't going to trade for Aaron Rodgers because they're in a rebuild yeah. right now. He's yeah. 39 years old. Like the options for Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, aren't aren't that long, but a team like the Jets that's kind of built to you got a great defense, you got some good offensive skill players. They just need a quarterback at this stage. Sounds like they're ready to deal. Uh, but is Aaron Rodgers, does he A want to play and B, does he want to play somewhere other than Green Bay? Here's uh, uh ESPN Green Bay reporter Rob Domofsky on that. Well, all along, Stan, it has been free agency. Now, what's your definition of the start of free agency? Is it Monday? When the negotiating period opens, is it Wednesday when the, the the league year begins? Keep in mind that if a trade is going to happen, it could happen quietly now, but it can't actually be put on the books and no one can actually talk about it until the league year starts on March 15th. Yeah, so those are the timelines he's talking about in terms of a Jets trade uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think that'd be so cool if he ended up in New York. And then also the talk of, from the Raiders' standpoint, you got a coach and general manager that were with New England when Jimmy G was there. Would that be a landing spot? Yeah, yeah. And I heard the coolest stat that kind of backs up what a, what kind of quarterback he is when you've mentioned JR. Jimmy Garoppolo, in 13 games in his career, he had, did not pass for a single touchdown. Uh, what do you think his record was in those games? In 13 career games yeah. in which Jimmy G did not pass for a touchdown, what touchdown. is his yeah. record? Yeah. I'm guessing he's played for some pretty good teams. Yeah. I'm guessing it's probably uh, good. That's why you're asking. I'm going to go uh, 11 and 2. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Nice job. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> but, you're an expert. But isn't that, isn't that like, a, and again. Uh, he heard it on the overnight when show. You, when, you, when you talk about a guy that, you know, again, managing a football game, but that's incredible, right? 11 and 2 without throwing a touchdown. Like, we used to talk, joke about Tim Tebow, like how he would win games. He'd be like, what the hell happened there? Um, so, yeah, that yeah. didn't happen very often. <laughs> but And they also were talking about Jimmy G. Like, hey, you know, say what you want about him, but the longer he waits around and as everybody else Absolutely. is looking for players, like, yeah. it's just, I just, it's amazing. And not to mention the money, right? Like, like a holdover quarterback like Geno Smith, uh, uh, you know, Jones. You, you look at Mac Jones even in New England. What the hell are they going to do with him? Uh, yeah, it's hard to find a good quarterback. It's a, uh, it's uh, quarterback is all seemingly there. There is an endless number of people who try to play the position, yeah. but those that uh, can do it well, those still remain few and far between. Well, like uh, there's going to be up to four quarterbacks drafted in the top ten. In all probability, maybe two, maybe two will turn out to be franchise guy. Maybe. Well, and and also the swing in the last couple of years, Jr. of having Drew Brees and now Tom Brady retire. Right. Like you had two slots there that had been filled for. A long, long time. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, fascinating time of year for the NFL as well. Look forward to it all unfolding over the next uh, week to 10 days. We'll take a break. I'll take a break. We'll take a long (laughs) long break until tomorrow. (laughs) All right. Take a 20-hour break. Steve Lloyd, Graham Creech, Kenny Wallace taking over in the box.